So the things that relate to the five physical senses in my life, if everything is focused on what I see, what I hear, how I feel, my emotions, if, I, if my emotions are stirred up, then I'm stirred up. If I live that kind of a life, then I, my mind stays focused and, and stirred up by the sense realm and the carnal. And verse 6 here in Romans 8 is very clear. For to be carnally minded is death. And most, no, no not most, a good portion of the time, the, the, the word death in the Bible does not, is not translated ceasing to exist. The word death is, is defined as destruction. So to be carnally minded, to be sense realm minded and focused on your five physical senses and your emotions all the time, and you give more attention to that than you do to the Word of God, brings destruction. So it's a life that is not living in this mode of overcoming. And, and, and to live a life of overcoming means there's things that you have to overcome, right? There are things that you're faced with that are obstacles or mountains that you've got to climb over and overcome those things. So to live an overcoming life, it takes being spiritually minded. To have a strong spirit, my focus has got to be on the things of the spirit. Well, what, what, what things are you talking about? I'm glad you asked. Um, so, I'm, I'm getting to 1 Corinthians 2, but on the way there, I'm going to look at Matthew 26. Matthew 26. <clears throat> And verse 36. And this is right at the end of Jesus' life, and it's his prayer in the garden. I've been in that garden, and there's three trees in that garden that they say were there when Jesus was there. Man, and I, I'm telling you. You know, before I went to Israel, people told me, man, it's life-changing. And I'm thinking, no, being born again and, and being connected to God is life-changing, not some location or place that somebody walked, you know, over 2,000 years ago. But I was wrong. <laughs> when I got there and the 10 days I was there, it changed. It was life-changing. It was so impacting. There's something about, you know, having your hand against a tree and leaning against a tree that more than likely Jesus leaned against as we're reading this passage right here. It's something about it. Anyway, it has nothing to do with what I'm going to say right here. Verse 36, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. <clears throat> and he said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. He was already entering into what he was taking on himself. 
In verse 38, it says, Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, oh my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? You know? Or did he say it? What? Or did he say it? What? Or how did he say it? He said, what? 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 You're sleeping? I ask you to pray with me? And he came to his disciples. He said he found them sleeping. And he said, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 41, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. He's teaching them now. He's fixing to take the whole weight of the world on himself, and now he, but he's teaching them. He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. He asked them to do something. Their spirit was willing, but their flesh was what? It was weak. But really, what is he saying? He's actually saying the reverse of that. He's actually saying their spirit man is not strong and so their flesh is controlling. That's what he's saying. Their spirit is not strong and so they can't overcome the tiredness or the weariness. And what he was, what he was trying to get over to them and had been for a long time is what I'm going to accomplish for you is going to give you the strength to overcome every obstacle, every issue that you have in the flesh, I'm giving you the power to overcome. I'm giving it to you. He left them again. They did it again. He said, what again? And, you know, they went on. But he said, the Spirit is willing, but it's weak, it's not built up, it's not strong, and it's not at a place where it can command the flesh to do, the senses to do what I want done. And he's trying to get over to them that, look, there's going to be a lot of temptation. There's going to be a lot of stuff in life. And without a strong spirit, and a spirit that's built up and strengthened day by day, how? We just read in Romans 8 and in Isaiah 26, that we have a strong spirit when our minds are stayed on Him. Right? When our minds are stayed and focused on Him. Now, 1 Corinthians 2, and we're going to finish this little message up in this chapter and the first four verses of the next chapter. Chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians 2. So, there's a lot right here. We could stay on this for the next three hours or more. There's a lot of stuff, but I, but I want to draw something out of here that I think is really key. Um, just to settle things with what we're saying tonight, um, everybody's spirit, in one form or another, at one time or another, 
every single person that's ever been created has had to come out of and into, spiritually speaking. Come out of control of the flesh and into the Spirit controlling and telling the flesh what it's going to do. But Jesus had real confidence in His disciples that they could do it. Jesus has confidence in you and I that we can do this. We can overcome obstacles and weaknesses within ourselves. We don't have to give in and be ruled by our flesh and our five physical senses. We can live our lives where we overcome. You know why? Because He told us we could. Those who live according to the things of the Spirit, whose minds are stayed on the things of the Spirit, they overcome. They live in life. Those who are, stay on the things of the, of the flesh, they, they, they end up in destruction. I've had seasons and times in my own life when it was like I couldn't get over specific things. I couldn't get past something. And God has great mercy. God's not against us. He's for us. Everybody say yes and amen. Okay? But reality is this. People struggle. People have issues in their flesh. And we've got to come to grips individually on a regular basis of the fact that I've got, to, I've got to be able to admit, you know what? I'm screwing up here. This isn't working. I'm not overcoming here. And God wants the honesty of our heart to come to Him and say, you know what? God, I, 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 I believe Your Word. I believe in Your Word. But I'm struggling. I'm not doing this. I'm not getting past this. And God wants a heart, not just, it's not the crying out that gets the results, it's the pressing into Him that causes my focus to be on spiritual things that causes me to come out of what my flesh is doing and the control the flesh has in my life because we're in a spiritual battle. Romans 8 says that the flesh and the Spirit, they war against each other. They're in, they're in battle against each other. And I'll tell, tell you this, the spirit and the soul are in a battle for what your flesh does. And it's constant. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Okay? But there's still a constant battle to see who's going to control your flesh. Is my unrenewed mind that continues to stay focused and stayed upon the things of my emotions and my five physical senses that want to control my flesh? Or is my mind that is stayed on, on spiritual things, on the Word of God and what the Spirit of God is revealing to me, is that going to be in control of what my flesh does? Because I'm telling you, we can control what we do in our flesh if our minds are stayed on Him. Otherwise, otherwise, you're going to lose the battle of the flesh. And you know, as human beings, we've learned to cover things up and we can fake it till we appear to make it kind of thing. But that, that's not good enough. Why would we want to fake something? Why would we want to be liars? I've been a liar. And I became truthful. And truthful is better. It's harder if you've been a liar. It's harder to become 
truthful and really stand for truth in every single little itty-bitty thing that you do. It's more difficult, but it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding to tell the truth and be truthful in your life. It's so rewarding. And it produces such great dividends. But we live in a world where it is very very easy to lie. Because who's going to hold you accountable? I mean, if somebody followed you around all the time with a gun to the side of your head, if you lie, nobody's doing that. Nobody's going to hold you accountable to what you really do and say. I know. Because we all know. Is this a spooky message? No. <laughs> but whom the sun sets free is free. Free. God has liberated us and given us the power to overcome him. We, we, God wants us to be living examples that people can follow after, to live this way. Amen? So, 1 Corinthians 2, and I don't have a, a lot of time to do much with this at the moment, but I, got, I have one, uh, two points right here that, I, that I've got to make. Verse 11. For what man... So, so, so we're to, to just uh, remind us of what we're talking about. We're talking about a mind that is stayed on God, that is focused on God, instead of a mind that is focused on the carnal or the, or, or the, phys, the, the, the emotional, the five physical sense realms. You're either, you're either really focused and pressed into one or the other. It's not just like a kind of a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's either you are or you aren't. And in verse 11, he says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And, and this verse Man, there's so much in this verse right here, but there's not a lot at the moment to say about it. But, but, but I want to say, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So, nobody knows the thoughts of man except the Spirit of God, and nobody knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So, the Spirit of God's the key. So, when I press into the things of the Spirit of God, I can know the thoughts of man or my own thoughts and really who I am and, and, and what I'm about, but I can also know the thoughts and the ways of God. Verse 12. Now we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Amplified in verse 13 here says, in the last part of that verse, he says, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. Combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language. 
So as we pray in the Spirit, then we pray with the understanding and we begin to know the thoughts of God that only the Spirit of God knows. And then we begin to understand the thoughts that we have that go contrary to that. And then we win. Because then we can crush it. Right? Then we can crush the enemy and the thoughts that the enemy brings to us that it, so many times we embrace when we begin and we learn how to pray in the Spirit and then pray in the understanding. Because no man knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Holy Ghost. But where is the Holy Spirit? He's not just floating. He's in me. How about you? Holy Spirit's in me. So we can know the thoughts of man, but we can know the thoughts of God to be able to deal with the thoughts of man and correct those. And what happens is the more you understand who God is and you see who God is, I'm telling you, you become, your, your body, your mind, your emotions become like a magnet toward a piece of steel and you, you begin to focus and press into the things of God because when you tap the wisdom and the understanding of God, the wisdom of the world looks like foolishness. And the Bible says that. It's idiotic. It's idiotic to believe anything and to do anything and walk out anything and allow anything else to rule and to control my life. It's idiotic once you come to that place of revelation. It's, I have to say it's almost impossible when you come to that place of revelation to choose the other. So now when you're making the choice to choose God in a situation, man, you're winning. A mind who stayed on God. Why? Because that person trusts God. Believes that what God's promised, He's able to do. So you're, you're not trying to figure it all out and work it all out and make it all happen yourself. We don't have to go and, and revert to the natural to get things to come to pass because we trust God and He's told us what to do and when He tells me to do something and I do it, it works. Same for anybody. Amen? Verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because they're foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Um, So, this is just something that I wrote down earlier, and I want you to think about this in, in light of what, I'm, what I just read and then what I'm going to read right here. People give in to the flesh because they're weak in the spirit, okay? Meaning, meaning that their spirit man is not developing on a regular basis. It's not, it, the spirit man is not being empowered so that the soul of man is diminishing or the control that the soul has had. Now, let me just say this. You, you have three parts. You, have, you, have, you, you are a spirit. You have a soul, which is a mind, will, and emotions, and that's not your brain. 
and you live in a physical body. I'm going to say it again. Your mind and your will and your emotions are not your brain. Your mind, will, and emotions are the spiritual part of you. And the spirit man, who you are, has a thinking of, it, of its own, but it has to... It, 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 it was created to bring the soulish part of you into submission to what the Spirit says. Because my Spirit and the Holy Spirit are one. My Spirit and the Holy Spirit were created. God created my human spirit to connect to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit could reveal to me everything that is the will of the Father. Everything. But I have a mind, will, and emotions that is part of my soul that is connected as one of the three parts of who I am. And that mind, will, and emotions has memory of everything that's ever happened from the moment I was conceived. The moment. Everything that was going on in your family life, everything when you were in your mother's womb for the however many months you were in there, all of that that went on, and, and from the time that you were born and you were born into... A fallen world with all kinds of fallen things and issues. And when you were born into that, from, from the moment you were conceived through your birth until right now today, your mind, will, and emotions is like it's like a it's like a camera taking pictures, like a tape recorder that's that's recording everything that's gone on in your life. And if you were born into a family where your family had no revelation of God and you weren't, your parents weren't born again or your grandparents weren't born again. Not, not that anybody's bad. God created all of us good. But if you weren't born into a, a home where the Word was taught, then all of your memory and everything that came in, even though some of it was good and some things were good and you maybe were in a home where you're, you, you lived in a moral family that had good morals and those kind of things, all that's good, but it's not God's best. And so what happens is we all have a past, and what we're battling for is the control of our flesh. But your mind, will, and emotions are part of, of the spiritual part of you that have to be renewed only by the Word of God. The Webster's Dictionary will not renew your mind. It'll, it'll fill your brain with all kinds of information, but only the Word of God can renew your mind. Only the Word of God. So a mind that is stayed on God is going to think like God, act like God, and be on the receiving end of everything that God has for them. You see? And so, I lost my place. So, people give in to flesh because their spirit's weak. Okay? So, when we get our words in line, and it, and it, and our words will get us in line, in other words, things will begin to change. When we get words in line, and we get these words lined up in us, they start lining our mind up that lines our, helps to line and control our flesh because now our spirit that already has all that information, your spirit man that's one with the Holy Ghost, that's the only information your spirit can get. Your spirit man cannot be contaminated with evil. No way. The only evil that your life can be contaminated with is in your soul. 
And so the more that we line ourselves up with the right words, okay, the more things change. So watch this in saying that. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit because they're foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord? That was already, that was already answered. Who has known the mind of the Lord? What's the answer to that? Only the Spirit. That we may instruct Him, but we have whew, the mind of Christ. So how do you get your words lined up? One of the best ways is with that verse of Scripture, that, those, those few words right there, I have the mind of Christ. What I say every day is I have the mind of Christ and I think the thoughts of God. I think His thoughts. Even, even at times when my, I'm, I'm battling other thoughts or things are coming in, because listen, we live in an information highway and it's all about words. And it's all about stories and it's all about situations and instances. Would you say that most of the information that you hear outside of here or, or a, a God, in, a God uh, environment, most of the things that you hear are negative. H how many this week have heard about the fact that a number of people in this area, how many have gotten phone calls from family members around the United States or the planet wondering if, you know, anybody around you is missing or, or has died because of all the rains? In the little town of Wimberley, not too far from here, there, there's still eight or ten people that are missing there, right? Is that sad? That's overwhelmingly sad, right? And with every situation, we, we, we want to help. We want to do what we can. We want to help people. We want to pray for people. People need certain things or whatever. We want to help and be a part of those kind of things. But past that for the good of your own life and the good of people around you, past those kind of things, if you let the sadness of situations overtake your soul, those things in your soul will cause you to be sad about more things and more things and more things and more and more and more. See, there's no sadness in God. There's no tiredness in God. There's no weariness in God. There's no, there, there's no fatigue in God. There's no frustration in God. There's no sickness and, and, and poverty in God. There's none of those kind of things. I have the mind of Christ. How about you? I'm going to think the thoughts of God no matter what else is out there. And you can't stick your head in the sand and act like there's no bad news. There's bad news. There's bad news everywhere. And I, and I promise you, in this dispensation of time, until Jesus comes back, there'll continue to be bad news. We're, trying to, we're, we're attempting to make the news better, right? One person, one situation at a time, that's what you're called to do. But I promise you, there'll be continued bad news. What are we going to do with it? If I change the words that I meditate and listen to, if I change those words, 
If I change my meditation and I press into the things of God's Word and what His Word says about every single situation, then my circumstances will change. And where my flesh will go will be based on the information that is in my spirit that now my soul, because my mind is being renewed with the Word of God, my soul is in, is in agreement and in connection with my spirit. So now my spirit and my soul are ruling my flesh instead of my spirit and my soul battling for control of my flesh. I don't know about you. I don't want to battle for the control of my flesh. I don't want my soul to have half of the time in control of my flesh and the other half my spirit. I want my spirit man, I want the spirit of the living God to be in control of every single thing I do. Everything. Everything I say, everything I look at, everything, just every action that I do, I want those things to be in control in my flesh by the Holy Ghost. And what I'm telling you right here, and I want to read these next three verses in the third chapter and then I'm done. What I'm fixing to tell you right here is where you and I don't want to be. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal, as babies. So carnal and babies go together. Carnal and babies go together. How? All, that, all, all he's saying is, let, let where you're at today, where th if things are getting the best of you, be reminded it's not you trying to change things, it's you strengthening your spirit. Because a strong spirit overcomes. I'm going to say it again. A strong spirit overcomes. An unrenewed mind that stays unrenewed is weak and, and you, you remain moved by the five physical sense realm and it says you're a baby. I, I didn't say you're a baby. That's what he said. Right? I fed you with milk and not solid food for until now you are not able to receive it and even now you're still not able. For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Everybody say mere. I'm not a mere. I'm a man. I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God. I have a strong spirit. I overcome in every situation. When, listen, just changing the words won't change your circumstances. But lining your words up to a place where you begin to believe it will change your circumstances. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to say it again. It's worth repeating. Just the fact that I change a few words for a few weeks, I'll say it like that, will not change your circumstances because... Me changing my words is renewing my mind to change the way I think and to give my spirit man more and more strength to be able to overcome the control that my soul has had so that my soul and spirit become one and that they flow together so that my flesh does 
what my spirit says and not what my unrenewed mind allows me to do. And I'm telling you, this works. This is the way it is in every single area of your and my life. God created us to be people that are strong in spirit. Not weak, but strong. And the way you do it is every single day. You learn, you grow, you never get under condemnation. Ever. Everybody say never. You never get under condemnation. You never allow yourself to get condemned for mistakes. You always grow and reach and, and expect for greater things in the renewing process. Never in a place of condemnation because condemnation will wear you down, it will take you out, and it will get you to quit and be frustrated in the process. If this process was easy, everybody would do it. And the enemy has worked overtime to keep this type of revelation out of the church so that the church as a whole would play a bunch of games and have a bunch of programs and do a bunch of different things, but lacking the revelation of the Word that strengthens my spirit man so that my spirit man will be in control of what my flesh does. And I'm telling you, when you get to a place where your spirit man is in control, you're, you're, you're liberated and free. I didn't say you get to a place and then it's just all downhill. I said you get to that place and no matter what else comes, you win. Because you've tasted of how great it is for your spirit man to be in control of your flesh. Why would your flesh want anything else? It doesn't. God made us that way. But there's hills and mountains and obstacles and things that we have to conquer and overcome. Now I'm going to just tell you this as I end. If you're here tonight, well, actually, you are here tonight. Are you here tonight? Okay, she's here, okay. So why would I say if you're here? Are you here? He's here. Okay. So since you're here, I have such great faith right now to just agree with you. You ever notice when Jesus prayed, he never preached a sermon. He just said, be healed. You know? Come out. He didn't yell and scream and sweat and all that kind of just Come out. Be gone. Be done. Your faith has made you whole. No sermons in his praying. And, and all the things I'm talking about is when he prayed the prayer of faith. Now, he prayed long prayers when he prayed prayers of consecration. But when he prayed the prayer of faith, it was just very simple, boom, to the point. But right now, I have such great faith in my heart to just agree with you about anything that you have that's in your heart hear me when i say this and it's and we're gonna have to do this but we're gonna we're gonna kind of just end the service but i want to touch you i want anybody that wants me to pray with them to come stand up here but we're gonna dismiss because we've got the kids and everybody in the back but i've got to do this tonight i have such great faith to agree with you but for me to be able to agree with you, you've got to believe what I shared with you tonight. I didn't, I didn't say you had it all perfected and had it all downright. You just have to believe that what I said tonight is true. 
And, and, and I want to agree with you that I shared, this, I shared this piece not too long ago, and I don't have time to share it right now, but it's in 2 Kings chapter 7, and verse 1 and 2. And in that situation, there was a famine in the land. And the word of the Lord came and he said, by this time tomorrow, the famine's over. And famine is what? Lack. Not enough. And what's the opposite of famine is enough, and not just enough, but more than enough. And I'm not just talking about financially, but I mean in, in any way. And anything that you've been in famine in, I'm declaring that, and, and I, I'm saying this as, okay, and this is the way God thinks. I'm saying this by faith that by this time tomorrow, things will be changed. And the reason I can say that is, is because this time tomorrow is not just an actual day or time, it's a mindset. Because most people are so focused on what's not happening today or tomorrow and have no expectation that things will change that that statement wants to jerk you out in your soul of things that are keeping you bound up and get you standing and believing. If by this time tomorrow your circumstance change after I pray with you, yes. But when tomorrow comes, if you don't see the this time tomorrow, tomorrow it's by this time tomorrow and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And it may not be in two weeks, or three weeks, or six months. There's no time period ever for manifestation. Any time that people say, you know, I just believe by the end of the year. Well, you know what? A day's a thousand years to God. God's not concerned about time. He's concerned about the attitude of our heart, and us getting the things that we're talking about tonight. I'm just telling you, God's encouraging you with the words of my mouth, this time tomorrow, the famine's over in your life. And when it is over in here, then it becomes over out there. But it starts where? Right here. And you've got to start thinking like, by this time tomorrow, everything's changed. I'm not living like this anymore. I'm not tolerating whatever it is that is maybe pulling on you or pulling you down.